Okay, um, so first of all, um, oh, make sure you speak in the mic. Thank you. Yep. And uh, recording too. Wow. Um, so first of all, the seating's a little funny here. Um, looks like everybody's looking at each other, and that's fine if you want to look at each other. Um, but I would, it would probably be better if you guys actually arrange the seats so that you're all looking at me, so you guys don't have to crane your necks. So, um, and when we're done, you can put the chairs back, you know, three rows facing each other, right? But for now, I'd like you to kind of rearrange so that you guys can see me, right? Um, Can everybody hear me? Is it okay? All right, good, good. All right, great. Can everybody see me without straining your neck? All right, excellent. <clears throat> um, so I'm gonna be speaking for about 20 minutes. Uh, I actually haven't timed this whole thing out, so is there somebody who's good with time? I got you. You got me? Okay, can you uh, time me for 20 minutes? Let me know when things are starting to get a little close to 20 minutes, all right? Um, and, um, you know, we'll go through it. Uh, we're also going to have a group discussion afterwards, a couple of exercises. Um, one's going to be pretty practical, and the other one's going to be pretty thoughtful. And uh, might, you might need to have a little courage, actually, for the, for the second one. But we'll, we'll go through that. We'll go through that. Um, so, Corey, thanks for uh, having me up here. Uh, Corey kind of gave me this, um, uh, this topic uh, a month ago about the thoughts of a man. And we're going to be going, he gave me uh, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. So if you guys can get that out on your phone or get that out on your Bible, that would be great. Um, and I thought, you know, 20 minutes, I thought I'd just kind of bang this out, you know, a couple of, couple of uh, points and it'd be easy. But, you know, I went through, I went through the uh, scripture and it's very rich as scripture is. So I'm actually going to be going through... Uh, Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 9, because I want to give you guys some context behind uh, what, you know, 8 through 9 is as well, and it's kind of one big section, so I wanted to go through the whole section, okay? Can somebody read out Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9? Anybody? Just read it out real loud. Go for it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, thinking about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So we're going to be focusing more on 8 through nine, eight and 9, but I'm going to be going through the whole passage because it is, it is one, uh, one unit. Um, now, before, before I start, I'm going to be, I'm just warning you now, uh, I'm going to have a lot of questions for people. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to expect you to answer, too. So if I don't hear answers, I'm going to start calling on people. So that's kind of the way I do things. It's just kind of the way I teach. 
So, um, and hopefully, you know, God will bless not only the words of my mouth, but all the words of our interactions and our questions and our back and forth tonight. So, um, so let's go through the, uh, let's go through the scripture. Um, so, um, let's go through four through seven, right? And I'll, I'll just read this out again, you know. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a, um, a, a great promise for us, right? That, that peace and joy, regardless of circumstance, are available to us through Jesus, right? So wait, wait a second. So is Paul saying that we can, we can actually be joyful after an argument with our wives, right? Um, yeah. While our kids are acting up, we've got a little joy there, right? A little peace, right? Or, or that, you know, we can be filled with peace when we can't pay the bills. Or, you know, when we're, we're struggling because people are treating us badly, right? Yes, absolutely, right? Absolutely, right? In fact, um, the way that he, the way that he uh, says it in verses four through seven is actually commands. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And do not be anxious about anything, right? So what are the keys to getting this joy and getting this peace, right? There are three things that he tells us in this passage that are essential to getting these things, right? And to, to maintaining these things, keeping these things. One, pray continually. Number two, meditate on truth and goodness. And number three, obey God's teachings. All right, and we're going to be going through these. All right? So number one, it says pray continually. All right? um, it says in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. Continually. So prayer, I don't know about you, but prayer tends to be the last thing on my list, right? It's something I do when I can't really solve the problem, right? I kind of give it the old college try, and it doesn't work, and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should pray it now, right? um, Now, prayer needs to be a bigger priority in our lives than that, right? In fact, this says that we need to be, prayer needs to be the number one priority, right? Um, now, let's, let's break this down. Okay. Um, the tendency when we go through this passage, or when we do go through any passage, right, the tendency is to jump into the practicalities of prayer, you know, the nuts and bolts. How, how do we pray continually? Right? But sometimes we pass over the question of why should we pray? Right? So in general, I'm going to be repeating this as well, in general, motivation is more important than methodology. Motivation is more important than the methods that you use. Right? Now, why do I say that? <clears throat> um, you know, when, when we're stuck in neutral with things, when problems come our way, and, you know, Satan's kind of throwing darts at us, and we can't really, nothing seems to work, right? And we're, we just, we're kind of at wit's end, Right? The questions 
always go back to motivation, right? Why am I doing this? Is it worth it, right? Am I on the right path, right? These are, it's all about motivation, right? Now, I'm not saying that methodology is not important, right? I mean, both these questions are important. The, the how, you know, I'm sorry, the why and the how questions, they're both important, right? But I'm just saying that uh, you need to answer the why questions before you answer the how questions when you, when you go into something, right? Um, the why questions, just kind of our motivation, they're kind of basic, almost really silly if you think about it, you know, but they're very foundational, right? Now Jesus says um, that the foolish man builds a house on sand, and when the storm, and when the storm comes, not if, when the storm comes, the house collapses, right? And great is that collapse. But the wise man builds his house on the rock, right? And when the storm comes and the winds blow, the house stands, right? So the why questions are the foundation of our, of our belief, right? The how questions are also important as well, but we'll get to those uh, later. Okay, so um, keeping this in, in mind then, all right, talking about praying continually. Um, why should we pray? So that's a question for you guys. Why should we pray? Anybody? Answer. God has an answer. God has an answer. Okay, so it's a way of communicating with God. Right? Okay, good. Um, it allows the Holy Spirit to pray when you pray. Ah. You might not know what to pray while you're praying. The Holy Spirit's praying with you at the time of your prayer. Oh, Okay. So it allows you to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, right? To communicate with God, especially when you're in tough circumstances, right? Okay, good. Why else? Why else do we pray? Confess sin. Confess sin. Ah, okay. The uh, Bible says to confess sin, right? And that is definitely one way that we can, in fact, we're commanded to do that, right? To God and, and, and with each other as well, right? To be real honest about that. Okay, good. Excellent. So why else? Why do we pray? Why do you guys pray? Mark. Sorry, hold on a second. I'll get to Mark and then I'll get back to you. Sorry, my bad. Mark? Yeah, getting a focus on God and getting beyond self-sufficiency. Ah, okay. So our primary focus usually is ourselves, right? And to, you know, like for me, you know, when I, when I run into a problem, oh, how am I going to handle this, right? Prayer gets my focus beyond all that. Right? And, and, and past our self-sufficiency, past my tendency to just do things myself and actually let God in the equation. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody back there said something. I'm sorry? We have a father that is greater than ourselves. Again, very similar to what, to what Mark said, right? Getting us out of ourselves, right? Okay. Anything else? What else? In the front, Bill. Yeah, what it shows is our dependence upon it. Our dependence on God. Okay. Yeah. My brother over here. See God's wisdom. Gives us wisdom, right? So it gives us, a lot of times, uh, the wisdom that we follow can be worldly wisdom or maybe common sense, right? My own wisdom. But God knows, has all wisdom, right? We need that. Okay. Um, So first of all, you know, these are the things that I thought of as well. So um, the Bible commands us to pray. 
first and foremost, right? Even this passage, right? Uh, pray in the Spirit on all occasions, right? Um, there are many passages that, that talk about how prayer has got to be a continual part of our life, right? Can anybody think of any passages off the top of your head? Talks about prayer real fast. Very good. Excellent. Anybody else? Our Father. So that's the, that's the daily prayer, right? Absolutely. And actually Jesus says, you know, this, this then is how you should pray, right, in Matthew. And it basically just assumes that you're praying daily, right? Uh, somebody else had their hand up? Yeah. Uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Ha ha, I like that. Okay. And I like how that brings the delight of the Lord as well, right? So it's not just, so prayer isn't just a, um, a head thing or um, just kind of when I'm in dire straits, right? It's, it's something that is, that demands some of our heart. It demands desire and love. Okay, very good. Um, yo, we'll, we'll keep on going. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to use up all 20 minutes. So uh, pray for those who persecute you. Uh, Matthew 5 talks a lot about prayer. Uh, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer in Romans. Uh, devote yourselves to prayer. All sorts of, all sorts of passages. Right? Uh, and really, prayer is an act of obedience. Right? We are commanded to pray. Um, sorry, I've got to keep on going here. So, uh, Second thing, Jesus prayed regularly as well. Right? Why did Jesus pray? Yeah. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So, you know, some people say, you know, Jesus prayed as an example to us, right? So we can follow his example. But I think it's a little, little deeper than that, as, you know, Matthew was, as, uh, Matt was saying. You know, when Jesus became a, a man, he, he was still fully God, but he, in some sense, like, he gave up some of his godly power to come to earth, right? So that he was a man. That means, you know, he had to sleep at night. It means he got tired. It means he got hot when the sun got on him. He got cold, right? And so, but there was also kind of the sense that um, even though he was God, like Jesus, he almost needed to pray, right? In order to sustain himself spiritually. He limited himself when he came to earth. And so he actually kind of needed to pray, right? So he was in the... Um, he was, he was so stressed out, right, in the Mount of Olives that he was, you know, drops of blood were coming off of him. He said, God, you know, take this cup from me, but only as you want, right? I mean, he, there was effort in prayer for him. There was a sense that he, he needed to pray, right? And if Jesus, who was the Son of God, needed to pray, how much more so do we need to pray, right? We need to pray. Uh, other people have said prayer is how we communicate with God, right? Uh, it allows us to participate in God's plan, right? Does God need our help? No. Yeah. He was all sufficient, all infinite God, right? But he wants us to be part of this plan, right? In order to be part of this plan, like prayer is kind of our, our part of, of, uh, of talking with God, right? It allows, in some sense, it kind of allows God to work more powerfully, Right? I mean, God can do anything he wants, but prayer just allows him to work a little bit more, maybe. Uh, and lastly, prayer gives us power over evil. Right? 
Physical strength cannot help us overcome spiritual challenges. Um, Ephesians said, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. But in prayer, even people who are physically weak can become spiritually strong. And we can call upon God to to grant us power over evil with prayer. We, We need prayer. Prayer is always available. Prayer keeps us humble before God. Uh, Answered prayer is a witness for those who doubt. There's just so many many benefits to prayer, right? And it's important, again, like, this might seem a little self-evident, a little basic, right? But we need to to go over this and constantly remind ourselves of these things, right? Because that motivation will keep us praying more than just... How do we pray, right? Why do we pray, right? So, um, now, uh, I've got to, I'd like to actually tackle, like, how to pray, but I only have 20 minutes, so we have to keep on going. Um, that is a, that would be a good topic, I think, for a future discussion, uh, but I'm going to keep moving along, right? Um, all right, so number one, pray continually. Number two, think about truth and goodness. Verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Hmm. So when you hear the scripture, do any kind of... um, any kind of similar scriptures come to mind at all for you guys? Does it ring any bells as far as any other scriptures? Yeah, Rob. Uh, Colossians 3 says to think about the things that are above. Very good. Colossians 3. Excellent. Any others? Romans 12. Romans 12. Okay, do not be transformed. Is it 12.1? Okay, very good. Do not, trans, do not conform to the desires of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? Excellent. Anybody else? Yeah? Psalm 1. Psalm 1. That's the very beginning of Psalms. So, um, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. And its leaf does not wither. And in all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That is a wonderful, all these scriptures are wonderful, but in my mind, it really does bring to mind Psalm 1. So, good job, Shane. Um, now, so Psalm 1 says that the blessed man delights in and meditates on the law of the Lord. Right? Uh, our scripture that we went through tells us to think about whatever is true, Noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, right? Okay, so what, 
What are we supposed to think about? The law of the Lord, what is excellent and praiseworthy, right? Just talk, talking about Scripture, first of all, right? So, um, Scripture is the primary way that God speaks to his children. Second Timothy, all scriptures God breathed. Right? Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, Jesus frequently quoted Old Testament, basically assumed it was God's truth, right? So scriptures, it, scripture is number one, I think, for the things that are good and noble, right? So let's break this down again, right? And remember, uh, motivation is more important than methodology, right? So, why should we study the Bible? Anybody? Yeah? True faith comes from reading His Word. True faith comes from reading His Word. Yeah. Okay. Um, explain a little bit more. Uh, any, any... Because when you're constantly reading the Word, that's when you really learn God. Okay. You can, you can understand Him and, and His ways. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can believe in yep. Um, and then you stop living for yourself as much. Yep. Very good. So okay. Makes sense. It's our primary way of learning about God. Right. right. So we've got a lot of other things around us, but the Bible really is is what shows us who God is. Right. Uh, eternal, loving, righteous, gracious. What else is God? Forgiving. Forgiving. Holy. Holy. What else? Just? Good. Good. What else is, what is God? Perfect. Perfection. Love. Excellent. Uh, beyond our understanding. Infinite. All-knowing. All-powerful. Right? Always present. We know all these things through Scripture. Right? Again, pretty basic, but we need to go over this. Right? This, this needs to be something that's, that's in front of us all the time. Right? Don't, forget, don't forget the foundation. Don't forget the basics. Um, second thing, uh, okay, why else? Why else should we read the Bible? Anybody? It's instructional. Say it again? It's instructional. It's instructional. Uh, in what way? What do you mean? It gives us guidance about certain situations. Ah, okay. Yep. So it gives us guidance in certain situations, right? So... Um, you've got especially all the, the wisdom literature, right? It says um, wisdom begins with the fear of God, right? And then it expands out from there. Instruction comes from Scripture, right? Now, um, the Bible might not teach us, you know, how to fix a car or how to, you know, cook a meal or anything, but it is all sufficient for what we need, right? In the way of, of living a wise life in the way of, of reaching God, right? It is instructional. I like that. So Why else? So that the man of God will be thoroughly furnished of good works. Ah, okay. Fully equipped. Fully equipped for good works, which God has prepared in advance for him to do, right? So it allows us to partake in, in the plans of God. Right? Again, God doesn't need us at all. Right? But he wants us to be part of this plan. So the Bible allows us to, to do that. Okay. Anything else? Matthew? That's the scripture that says it's useful. Scripture is God breathing useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Teaching, rebuking, training in righteousness. 
Very good. A lot. Uh, it instructs us, instructs us in righteousness, right, which we need. It teaches us God's plan. It also contains the power to overcome. Right? Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, Ephesians 6. Right? Um, Brother Mike said, already said, it helps us, it equips us to serve God. Right? Following the Bible can give us, can give us success in life. Right? It helps us to overcome. Right? It gives us wisdom. Uh, it helps us to see sin in our lives and helps us to get rid of it. So I think Danny said to you know, um, confess our sins. Right? The Bible <coughs> helps us to do that. Right? Um, helps us to, and the Bible is full of God's promises, right? which we need every day. What are some of God's promises that, that you guys think about? Always with us. Excellent. Never forsake us. Other people. Yeah, Rob. Uh, Second Peter, he's giving me everything I need for life and godliness. Ah, okay. All sufficient. He's giving me everything I need for life and godliness. But yeah, back there. He is sufficient for our daily needs, right? And if we trust in him, we don't need to stress out, right? We've got peace because he has our best. Um, our best at heart, and he, and he fulfills our daily needs, right? even when we can't pay the bills, or it seems like we can't pay the bills. Yeah, Arnaldo. He loves us. By the way, we're 22 minutes. Oh, okay. He loves us, and I love that you were keeping track of my time. So. <laughs> and I love you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, the Bible's important to fill your mind with these promises, to fill your heart with these promises. Okay. Um, so we've covered the why question, right? We kind of broke it down. I think we, maybe I beat the dead horse. Sorry about that. Um, now, the next question, how do we study the Bible? All right. uh, a, couple of, a couple of tips, and then we're also going to do a, um, uh, an exercise about this as well. So um, first of all, um, study, the, study the Bible with your heart and your mind, right? So the title of this thoughts, uh, sorry, the title of, of this speech is Thoughts of a Man, right? But the Bible, in the Bible, um, it always, it tends to mention heart and mind in the same, in the same uh, uh, sentence, right? Uh, the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds, right? The blessed man's delight is in the, la- is in the lo- law of the Lord. So, um, you know, we tend to think of, like, the mind is kind of ruled by logic, and the heart is kind of, you know, has all the emotions and feelings. Um, and, you know, somebody who's conflicted might say, well, my, my heart is telling me to, one, to do one thing, my mind is telling me to do another, right? But the Bible actually never says that. So, considers the heart and mind as one thing. So, Hebrew and Greek words for heart, they describe the inner being of a person, the inner processes of a person. It's the centermost part of a person, right? Uh, contains the emotions, the will, the, min- the motivations of a person, right? And that kind of makes sense if you think about it, because the things that we love the most are always on our mind. We're always thinking about those things, right? So it's a heart and mind are, are really kind of one, right? So when you study the when you study scripture, try and try and use both, right? Um, learn the overarching story of the Bible. So not just. A lot of times, maybe people might go a little piecemeal through things, but it's good to know like the overarching uh, just kind of story of the Bible. Creation, 
fall, redemption, restoration, right? the overarching themes of Scripture. Right? And I'm going to move on because I'm, I'm way past time. Um, third thing, read the Bible every day. Every day. Um, recently, I noticed that I was in a bad mood and when I went to church. And uh, not at this church, <laughs> another church. It's kind of snappy. You know, I was in a bad mood, a little irritable, annoyed. Um, and God showed me that I was taking weekends off from reading Scripture. Monday through Friday, I was pretty good. But Saturday, Sunday, just kind of took that off. And that was enough to kind of set me off to the point where I was just off kilter. And once I started reading Scripture on Saturdays and Sundays, my mood got a lot better. So every day, I need it every day. It's daily nourishment. So I think Tim said, you know, you don't, you don't, when you eat breakfast, you don't even necessarily remember what you ate for breakfast like two or three days ago, but you know you ate breakfast, right? And, and just, you know, I don't necessarily remember all the specifics of what I read two or three days ago, but I know that I read it, and it's nourishing spiritually for us. So, um, all right, more to come. So we're going to do some group exercises about this. I'm not going to belabor this point. All right. Um, now, Scripture is the primary way to, get to know God's truth and goodness, right? But it's not the only way. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Right, think about these things. What other things can point us to God's goodness other than Scripture? Anybody? Creation. Creation. Okay. Go take a hike and get to see God's goodness. Right. So my, um, my daughter's learning about uh, hermit crabs. So, you know, they, they take a shell and they, they grow in the shell and they outgrow it and they need another shell. Right. What I didn't know about this was that the hermit crabs actually line up in order of size, and then they swap the shells so that they only have to, to exchange it once. It's absolutely brilliant. I would never have thought about that, right? Like, these, thing, these little things, like, they, they barely have minds. How do they know to do that, right? It's the mind of God that directs them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, creation. So... Um, the New Living Translation, I kind of like that translation, but Romans 1.20, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, eternal power, divine nature. All right. Okay, uh, what else? Creation, how else can God, how else do we see God? Others. Others, tell me more. Uh, other people who are chasing after the things of God. Okay, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Community. Others. Right. God has brought loved ones into our lives. Right. Or friends. Or maybe a parent. Right. Or parents. Right? And now I, I also I want you to think about um, at least I want you, each of you right now to just to think about one person in your life, maybe right now or maybe in the past. Right. That God has brought there. And, you know. Could be a spouse, could be anybody, right? Um, now we're gonna we're gonna have an exercise about this as well. But yes, God has brought loved ones into our lives, right? How else? 
divine intervention. Oh, what do you mean? Two things. One, when Stephen gave his testimony when he was being stoned, he looked up into heaven and saw Christ standing at the right hand of God. Okay. Or saw, saw on horseback in a light show, mm-hmm. and fell to the ground. And the people around him heard a voice, but they didn't see anyone. Ah, okay. So divine intervention, the, the absolute, the uh, immediate presence of God, right? Or miracle. Right? Okay, good. What else? Anybody else? I'm just about done here. Um, books. A lot of great authors out there. So Christian authors, right? Um, Martin Luther, John Bunyan, C.S. Lewis, Oswald Chambers, all kinds of good books out there, right? Tim Keller. Tim Keller. Any other uh, good authors that anybody's read lately? Roy Hessian. Roy Hessian. I haven't heard of him, but okay. Tim um, Shorey. Tim Shorey. Hey, he's not bad, that guy. Right? <laughs> um, there's also books with just Christian themes as well. C.S. Lewis. Um, J.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. Martin Luther King Jr. Talks a lot about justice. Right? Uh, my wife reads this Shusako Endo, this Japanese. Uh, I'm kind of cheating. I've never actually read him, but you know, my wife has. So. You can ask her about that. Um, <clears throat> the arts as well. Movies. Music. Um, are there any good movies, any Christian movies that, have, that you remember that have stood out to you among the years? Mm-hmm. Which ones? God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead? Okay. Yeah, yeah, back there. Case for Christ. Case for Christ. Okay. Lee uh, Strobel, right? Yeah, yeah. Ben Hur. Ben Hur. Ten Commandments. Passion of the Christ. The Mission. Right? De Niro. That's kind of a, you know. Um, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. Well, that's an interesting one. Yeah, it talks about uh, angels and, and how to be. Yeah, yeah. It definitely has Christian themes to it. I like that. So. Um, anyway, movies. Right? There was a um, <clears throat> back in the '90s and back in the 2000, early 2000s. There was this kind of a lot of churches started to try and tie movies into Christian themes, and they would have um, you know these sermons about it. Right? So they talk about like um, uh, no, they talk about various movies and say how Christ affected them through that. Right? But movies, art, it's all kinds of ways. Right? Loved ones, nature. Okay. Um, all right, I'm way past time. So, let's, um, I've got two exercises for you. Let me pass this out to one side. Take one, pass it along. Pass this out to the other side. Take one, pass it along. Okay, so, um, we have until... We probably have, what, 20 minutes now? I've, I've been kind of going over time. We say 20 minutes to do these exercises? All right. Two exercises, then. All right, I'm going to make this real, real easy for you guys. Um, so the first exercise, and we'll do this. I want you guys to kind of do this by yourselves to begin with, and then we'll get together for a couple words afterwards for, um, for this first exercise. Okay, first, uh, I'll give you, say, 10 minutes. We'll do this whole thing in the first exercise in 10 minutes. Right, there's one, one page that says, it actually says 15 minutes, it should be 10 minutes. Please write down your plan for studying the Bible.
right? This is probably the most important part of your spiritual life, right here, right? Um, you need to have a plan for this. If you don't have a plan, then, let's, then make a plan, right? If you do have a plan, I want you to write down your plan, right? Um, I want you to put down your email address. You can put down your name if you want to, but I want, to put, I want you to put down your email address so I can compile these and, and mail this out to everybody. Right, I'll kind of compile like how different people um, do, their, do their quiet time, right? Uh, there are some, yeah, there's a bunch, yeah, you can pass those out. Bunch of pens that I brought, if anybody else has pens, right? Um, if you can write it, that's great, or just think about it, right? Um, so, write down your name and your, and your email address. What version of the Bible do you read, and why that version? When and where do you study the Bible? How do you minimize distractions? Right? And then, um, how do you study the Bible? Right? I want you to be very specific. Now, go find, if you, if you need a place to write, there's plenty of tables back there, or you can just write wherever you write. Right? Um, I want you to be specific about how you study the Bible. Right? Um, some people read it straight through. Some people may do it in chronological order. Right? Some people... Some people do uh, the Bible in one year. Um, some people follow sermons, formal Bible studies. Put all that stuff down, right? If you, if you follow a podcast or a website, put, put that down. A radio show, a TV show, whatever you do, I want you to, to put down how you study the Bible, right? And if you have time at the end, how well is this plan working for you and what things would you add or subtract from the plan? So... Uh, I see you guys are starting to write already. I'll give you guys, uh, I'll give you guys five or six minutes to do this, and then we'll kind of get together a little bit and kind of um, share some of what we do with each other, right? So this is the practical part of tonight. So go ahead, write it down. Think about it, write it down. <laughs>